All right. I actually have a title for this message. Pastors and rabbis that got it all figured out come with titles. I am not one of those rabbis. I don't have it all figured out. But today I come with a title. Last week I spoke about altars. I spoke about how Abraham, every aspect of his journey, he built an altar at a certain point. And those altars represent major milestones in his walk with the Lord. And he didn't just go past that little place and say, eh, he built an altar there, so when he went forward and he saw how far he had to go, he could look back and see where he's come from. And then we, I charged you last week to do that. Don't forget where he's taken you from. Because when things look really bleak, looking ahead, you can look back at the altars that you built where God delivered you, where God healed you, where God, where God saved you, where God revealed himself more to you, where God revealed more of his, your gifts to you. You could look back and say, aha, because all this desert up ahead looks pretty dry and barren. But when I look at the different altars in my life, as I moved from glory to glory, I see the hand of his faithfulness in all of those things. Now I can move forward. Yeah, that was last week. So this week I'm going to talk more about altars. So my, my big title is altars. Part two because I got it all together. I guess I'm in a series about altars. See, pastors and rabbis who got it all together, they, they make these series. Series is. All together now. All together now. Yeah, that's right. If I'm boring, you guys, we could just sing Beatles songs. One, two, three, four. Can I have a little more? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, nobody knows this song. Okay. <laughs> altars two. Here's what the Lord is telling me about altars. And I believe that this is a word for this time. I believe this is a word not for just one of you. I believe this is a word for many of you. I believe it's a word for me. It's always been a word for me. You are here. This is where you are today. This is where the Lord is bringing you to. But you are here. This is where you are today. This is where the Lord is bringing you to. Over here is where your depression is healed. Over there is where your anxiety is conquered. Over there is where your addictions no longer have an effect on you. Over there is where your gifts are being used in fullness. Over there is where you are being used as a vessel of the Lord more than you could even imagine. Over there is the healing that you've been praying for. Over there is the healing in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your home that you've been praying for. But you are over here. And that looks really, really far away. I want you to know that before you get to here, and this is an altar. If the altars are the places where the Lord 
brings revelation, new revelation, where he does a major thing, a major milestone in your life, and you see it over here because you know where you want to be and you know where you are now, and you're like, oh my gosh, Lord, I know that my thought patterns don't match up to your word, and this is where I want to be, and it looks so frustrating. I am telling you right now that there is an altar, not just over there, there is an altar here, and 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 here, before you even get to there. All right, two people understand what I'm talking about. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. This is good. This is good. This is good. All right, Lou feels it. This is good. This is good. This is good. There are altars in your life. There are glory markers in your life. That's not just at the end of the thing where you want to be. There are markers. There are altars. There are, there are healings in the interim. And you, I charge you to be mindful of these things because we are missing them. Because all we see is like, I'm still depressed and I want the depression to be fully conquered. And we're missing the moment that, the, that God makes you less depressed. You see yourself smoking your cigarettes and you're like, man, I just want to quit altogether. And you're missing the incredible altar when God enables you to just not have that one cigarette in the morning. There are altars on your journey. The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. King David, David HaMelech, wrote, The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He wasn't talking about no high beams on your car. He was talking about a lamp. And how much light does a lamp give forth? Next step. So you don't hit your foot. He doesn't light up that guy over there. But he lights up this step right in front of you. I tell you that there are places that you can go, that places that the Lord is bringing you, and I tell you right now that there is an altar, a glory, because we move from glory to glory. And when it says glory to glory, that's just not from one place to another, because once you're at this glory, that's a starting point. Glory to glory, starting point. Glory to glory, that's a starting point. And I tell you that we're passing by these glory markers, and we're either missing it, or we're afraid to move forward into them. But there is a place where your addiction over here has no more effect on you. But there's a place over here where you abstain from it, but you still desire it. And that's not a small thing. That is a glory marker right there. That is a place to build an altar and say, thank you, Adonai, you have delivered me.
Yeah, there's a time when it will no longer have effect on you. But there's a time that you put it down in part. And there's a time that you put more down in part. Are there any kids in here? I think they're all down. All right, I'm going to share a story about a man who spoke to me. This was about 20 years ago at a men's group I was involved in in New Jersey. And he had a sex addiction and a pornography addiction. He used to go home and go up into his room and behind closed doors he used to watch pornography. When he was out in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the supermarket, he used to go and, and pick up magazines and look at the magazines. When he was walking on the street, he would be lusting after every woman who, who, who walked by his path. And even when he was alone, all by himself, he would be thinking pornographic thoughts in his head. And he knew that his lifestyle, and he knew that his, his view of intimacy and relationships did not match up to the Lord. Peter finds this funny. That's what I used to do in sex ed class in like junior high. I used to just chuckle. <laughs> he said... So he knew that his, his, his mind was, was, not, was not in line with the word of God. He knew that his view of, of women, his view of intimacy, his view of relationships was not in line with the Lord. And he cried out to the Lord and he said, Lord, help my mind, help my brain. Put me in line, O oh Lord. I see where I need to be over here, but I am like way over here. I am like out the door. He would pray and say, Lord, what are you going to do? Please help me. Please help me. Please help me. And then in a moment, the Ruach, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And the Holy Spirit said to him, can you not look at magazines? And he went, what about the rest of it? And the Lord said, I'll deal with the rest of it later. Today, can you not look at the magazines? And a flood of peace came over this man. And he said, I can't conquer the whole thing today. But if all you're asking me to do is not look at the magazines, I can do that. And that is a glory marker. And that is an altar to build and put and mark and keep permanent and say, thank you, Lord. You have kept your promise to me. You have reached down and you have grabbed me out of the pit and you have been faithful to me. He moves on in his life, and time later, he's back into this place of like, oh my gosh, Lord, because you know, we're never fully satisfied until it's all done. But you know, before King David tore the head off of Goliath, he had to fling a rock at his, at, his, at, his, at his forehead and knock him cold. Sometimes the enemy, you got to knock out first before you put in the final blow. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. You got to get some sugar or something in you guys or something, some caffeine. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Few, 
few months, years, whatever it was later, he's crying to the Lord because he still sees the finish line and he sees where he is. And, he, and the Lord goes, oh my, and he goes to the Lord, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? Help me, help my thoughts, help my thoughts, help my thoughts. And he goes, okay, can you stay away from the movies? And he goes, well, what about all the, the way I'm checking out all the women and bringing them home in my head for later? And what about when I'm sitting at church and all I'm thinking about are pornographic scenes? And he goes, I'll deal with that later. Today, I'm asking you to put down the movies. Can you do it? And he says, if that's all you're asking me to do, yes, Lord, I can do that. Glory marker. Altar. There is a place that the Lord is bringing you before he brings you to that, that he's bringing you to. There is another glory marker in your line of sight today that the Lord is bringing you to. And I charge you to ask the Lord about it. They say, Lord, I know where you're bringing me to, but where are you bringing me to today? Because I don't want to worry about that. The future belongs to you. But where are you bringing me to today? Where is the next glory marker? Where is the next altar? Where is it? Where is the next stage in my deliverance from anxiety or from depression or from fear or from hatred? Whatever it is, where are you bringing me to next, Lord? Because there is a glory marker if you lift up your eyes like the song said and take a look. I bet you will find it. And the Lord will not give you the strength for that yet. Oh, but he may give you the strength for this. You see, I'm not much of a Pentecostal preacher, you know. Because I'll tell you something. If I went to you and said, you're going to be healed of your depression today, that better be Yeshua in me speaking that. Or else I'm just nothing but a motivational speaker. At best, at worst, I'm using his name in vain. Because when Yeshua says these things through you, it's not just suggestion. When he said to the woman, the, the woman who was, who, was, uh, who was accused of adultery to go and sin no more, when he said go and sin no more, he was not just speaking a suggestion. He was not giving her motivational encouragement. He was speaking life over her. Because when the creator of the universe says go and sin no more, sin has no place to go. And there's nothing else for sin to do but leave. So when he says go and sin no more to somebody, when he says it, then it's just as creative as when he said in the beginning, let there be light, and there was light. So when he says go and sin no more, and there is no more sin. So it better darn well be the Lord speaking to me if I ever go. Your depression ends today. Your anxiety ends today. Your addiction ends today. That better be the Lord speaking creatively through me, or else I'm speaking on my own. And today, I don't have that word for you. What I do have for you from the Lord, I believe, is that there is a next milestone in your journey of, of healing. And don't despise it. They say don't despise the day of small things. You know what scripture I hate the most? Don't despise the day of small things. I hate that scripture from Zechariah. You know why? Because it's misused. You know why? Because it's used as like consolation. It's like my life stinks. Well, don't despise the day it's supposed to. You can take your small things and shove it. 
Because what I am bringing forth, what I am coming to, is a big thing. If he brings you from being really depressed to less depressed, bless the Lord from that place. Don't say that's a small thing. That is a big thing. That is worth an altar. Build it right there like our father Abraham did. Build the altar and worship him from that place. And say, you, Lord, have come down with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and have delivered me. And even though I got more to go, I will not despise the deliverance that you've given me today. There are many things that are keeping us from getting to the next glory marker. The next glory in your story. Come on, I think it says like if the the preacher is rhyming, it's got to be the Holy Spirit. That's in the manual. And the sweat. This guy's getting washed today for sure. I'm not wearing him tomorrow. You wear your clothes more than one day in a row? Okay, forget it. There are many things getting in the way of us reaching that next glory marker, the next glory in your story. Fear to even move stops us from moving forward. And I got a word from you, which also I believe is from heaven, that there's only one direction in the kingdom, and that is forward. And there's Kadima, forward, onward. You may think it's backsliding. Oh, you're backsliding. I'm telling you something. Backsliding is a lie also. If you backslide, it's also forward. Because you were meant to do that, and now all of a sudden when that's done, God's going to bring you to a place even greater than you ever were. Just look at the journey of, our, of, our, of the children of Israel in the wilderness. You know, they were saved out of, out of Egypt, and they put the blood of the lamb, the Passover lamb on the door, and the, the, the exit point out of Egypt is always through the blood of the lamb, and that's who Yeshua is, and that's why everybody needs Yeshua on the doorposts of our house, or else we stay in Egypt. That's the way it is for everybody, everybody, everybody. So they come out of Egypt, but they didn't just come out of Egypt and enter into the kingdom of God. They didn't enter into, into Israel. They had this wilderness journey, and even the wilderness journey is marked with altars. Because it says they went from this place. It actually lists in the beginning of Torah and the end of Torah. It lists every starting point, every ending point. And they started every ending point, every ending point, every ending point. That is intentional because every single one is a glory marker. Every single one was a learning experience, a growth experience, a revelation experience. And that is our life. I'll tell you, as far as moving forward, there is a waiting on the Lord that has a semblance, a sound, an appearance, just an appearance of holiness, but it's evil. Oh, I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, you know what? If the Lord is telling you to wait, then it's good. If you're waiting because you're too chicken to move, then it's not from the Lord. And you can guise that in as much religion as you want. I'm waiting on the Lord. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. More than those who watch for morning. That's a Sue Samuel unreleased from about 15 years ago. More than those who watch for morning. I'm butchering it because I can't sing on key without instruments.
in the spirit, Yeshua is like, come on, come on, come on. And you're going, I wait for the Lord. My son, come on, come on. I'm the Lord. I'm here. Come on, come on. I wait for the Lord. My son, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go. I wait for the Lord. You know, if you were singing a psalm, maybe it was a holy thing, but you're, 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 you're stuck. You're not moving because you're afraid to move. I tell you that you have divine authority to move. And you know what? We don't always see the, we don't always know what to do. How many of us are like go to places and like it's time to move forward, but there's like many roads. And you're like, I don't know which way to go. So I'm just gonna wait here forever until the Lord says it's like that one scene from The Lord of the Rings where in the where they're in the tunnel and Gandalf is sitting there smoking a pipe and like after like days it goes, Oh, that way. You know, it's not always that way. It's not always that way. So you know what you do? You say, Adonai. I must not be hearing you right, but I trust you. So this is what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to take a step. Because once I take a step, there's greater clarity. Once you take a step, there's greater clarity from where you stepped into. Do you understand that? Once you take a step, there is greater clarity. How do you get from here to here? Once you're there, there's greater clarity. Even if the clarity from that place is, oops, got to go back. Baruch Hashem. That's forward. That's forward. That's not a mistake. Say, Father, I don't know which way to go, but I can't just sit here. Because you are a God of movement, not a God of stagnancy. So I can't just sit here. So, Father, I'm going to move as best as I'm able to hear you, as best as I'm able to understand. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but, Lord, I give you permission to redirect me. I give you permission to redirect me. I give you permission to redirect me, and I guarantee he will. I guarantee your clarity will increase once you take that step. I guarantee it. Even if the clarity is you got to go back. And that little journey is all forward. So there is fear of moving forward, for stopping us from getting to this place, the next journey, the next glory marker, the next glory in your story. Because you're just afraid to move anywhere. And there's comfort where you are because you know your surroundings. I charge you in the name of Yeshua. Pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat and walk and walk. Don't be afraid to take a step. You're not going to mess it up. You're not going to mess up the life. Because when he bought you, he bought the whole life. Beginning to end. What else is stopping us from getting to that altar? All the negative lies that we tell ourselves in our head. That we're not worthy of any better. That I'm not worthy to have a healing from my depression or my anxiety or my grief or my anger or my lust or whatever it is. That we're not worthy. Those are lies. Those are lies. Those are lies. You know, I could preach a sermon here on Shabbat. But that sermon is not going to impact your life as much as the sermon that you're telling yourself. 
over the course of the week. That's the sermon that can change your life. So what is the next glory in your story? This is a biblical thing, by the way. If we go to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 7, I believe, they were about to take the land, and the Lord is telling them to take the land. And then the Lord says, if you are, if you go and see your enemy, the Canaanites, your enemy, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this, I can't take this land. He said, remember what I did to Pharaoh and to Egypt. See, that's looking at the glory markers, the altars in the past. But he said, of the future, he said, I will not let you take the whole land at one time. But I will let you conquer it little by little. Because if I let you take the whole thing all at once, wild animals will come running in. Do you know the scripture? Or is that part of the Torah that you got to dust off because you haven't read it in a bit of time? Why is that? Because Yeshua needs to be the occupier of every place. And it says that if, you, if, if everything was resolved, if we went from right to that point to that point in one shot, there, Yeshua is saying there's going to be emptiness there, that there will be a, 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 an inroad for the enemy to come in. So he beats it and conquers it little by little by little, step by step. So today, I charge you, don't miss the next altar. Oh, you know what else is going to stop you from getting to it? If you're keeping your eyes on other people's altars. That'll stop you from seeing the one that's right in front of you. It can be really tiring to look at other people's altars. I go to the gym and I look at the instructor, I get real tired. Because she can lift a lot more weights than me. And she is a lot stronger than me. So if I keep my eyes off of like where God is bringing me to and keep my eyes on her, I just get real tired. By the way, it's the same thing with Susie. She far exceeds me. We do these ab workouts and like her legs are straight up in the air and her arms are up in the air and I just get exhausted. The only thing that keeps me there is she looks so cute. Like today, somebody got injured in the class we, we do in the morning, and we, we go to the class, and the, somebody got injured, and, and the, the, the instructor said, Susie, Aunt, when the clock hits 30 seconds, tell everybody to stop. And then she's like, because Susie hates to be like, as much as she can sing, she hates to be in the public. And, she, and she all of a sudden, you know, she's like, oh, my God, I really have to do this? And then, like, at, at all of a sudden at 30, I hear this gentle, stop. It was awesome. It was awesome. So yeah, keeping your eyes on other people's altars will, will, will make you miss your own. There's a scripture in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, it says, so we run the race with endurance, keeping our eyes on Yeshua HaMashiach, 
the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, to keep the run the race with endurance. You know, the race it, it gives us this, this 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 visual that a race is like us against other people. Like Yeshua is at the finish line with a flag, and now we got to race against other people. It's your race. It's not his race. It's not her race. It's your race at his pace in you. It's different. Oh, there's the rhyme again. I'm telling you, this is a rock-inspired sermon. It's in the manual. <laughs> Run the race set before you. Your finish line is not hers or his finish line. He's got a glory for you. He's got an altar for you. That's not for him. I've been honest here, you know, when I say, like, it was really hard for me, like, taking over for Rabbi Peter, because he's got some pretty neat altars, and I look at his altars, and I used to look at his altars, and I look at mine, I'm like, man, mine just falls short. But now I see him in Haiti, I'm like, thank God, it's not my altar. No, just kidding. (laughs) What is your next glory in your story? I charge you today to be on the lookout for it. I charge you today to lift up your eyes to the hills from whence comes your whence comes your help. I hate it when King James enter thin. Combination King James and Daffy Duck. From, from whence comes my help. I charge you to look. I charge you to say, Adonai, where are you bringing me to next? Oh, I know where I want to be here. I know that Goliath is going to be fully conquered here. I know that I'm going to chop off his head here. But you got me flinging a stone at his forehead and knocking him unconscious here? I know that that my anxiety, it says be anxious for nothing. And right now I am anxious for everything. So where are you bringing me to with my anxiety, Lord? Where is the next? Before I'm anxious for nothing, where are you bringing me to today? Do you see your altar if you ask your heavenly father to show you that next thing? I guarantee you, I'm telling you, he's going to show it to you. And go there and do what he says and no more and glorify the Lord from that place. Altar to altar.